Islam and to Iman and to his Mubarak house on this Mubarak hour of this Mubarak day and we were not to be guided was it not that Allah Ta'ala had guided us Oh Allah to you is praise as is commensurate with the majesty of your countenance and the greatness of your authority Oh Allah we do not limit you with any praise we can come up with ourselves rather we admit that you're the only one who knows the true extent of your praiseworthiness and may the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon his servant and messenger our master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon him and upon his noble companions and upon his pure wives and upon his noble and blessed family and progeny and upon all of those who follow all of their way until the day of judgment. Brothers and sisters, Islam has a platform for unity. That platform for unity is not race because we're not all from the same race. That platform is not fiqh because we may follow different madhahib. How would it be otherwise when even the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum used to have differences amongst themselves? This is not something a person should be unnerved by. Rather, this is a natural part of life. The platform for unity has nothing to do with money. It's not language, even amongst the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there were those who were native speakers of the Arabic language, and there were those who were not native speakers of the Arabic language, and there were those who spoke one dialect, and there, was, there were those who spoke another dialect. The platform for unity amongst the believers in Islam is what? It's this Tawheed of La Ilaha Illallah, and the belief in the Risala of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and all of those beliefs that come with it, what we refer to as aqidah. Ilm al-Tawheed is one of the names for aqidah. Why? Because it is from the literary style of the Arabs that they used to refer to something by its most important part. So the word qiyam means salat. Why? Because the, the longest part of the prayer is what? The part that you spend standing. At least it is with those people who enjoy reciting the Quran. Some of us do a you know speed, speed uh, two rakahs, speed four rakahs, double, triple, quadruple, and out. But that's not the salat of the Prophet There's an author narrated by Sayyidina Anas bin Malik anhu that he once saw Umar bin Abdul Aziz, and he prayed behind him, and he said, "How much? How much does the prayer of this young man resemble the prayer of Rasulullah He's the one in this time whose prayer most resembles the prayer of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who used to say the tasbih. His 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 ruku was the same as the standing after the ruku, which is the same as the sajda, which is the same as the sitting between the two sajdas. And in each of them, we used to recite the tasbih ten times. It's a different prayer, but khair, that's and this is not a fiqh issue. We'll let you learn these things from the Ahlullah, inshallah. The, the, the Arabs used to name something, and we do it as well, by its most important component. So for example, what is this? This is a phone. Even though I haven't made a phone call in it, you know, except for maybe once or twice in the two weeks I've been in South Africa. But I use it for other things. But because the reason for its being made was that it originally used to be a phone before there was internet and all of these other things, it's very intuitive to us that we call it a phone. So this ilm al-tawheed is both what? The understanding of the oneness of Allah Ta'ala, and also all of the aqaid, all of the beliefs that come with Islam, those are immutable. They don't change from time to time. They don't change from place to place. You can follow whatever madhab you wish to or follow no madhab at all. 
You can be black, you can be white, you can be purple, you can be pink, you can be whatever color you want to. You can be from a different planet. People don't know this. You know, our, our, my, our elders, they talked about these things. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas عنه, actually talked about life on other planets. What will happen if there's life on another planet? You go to Mars, or you, know, you go to Venus, and you find that there's an entire civilization. We're going to tell them, do you, know, do, you know, do you know there's only one God? You, have you ever heard of Rasulullah they'll come to They'll come to Medina in spacesuits. They'll breathe sulfuric acid, and they'll stand in front of the, 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 the Roda Sharifa of the Prophet and, 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 and tears of sulfuric acid will come down their, their, their cheeks. If they didn't have a suit on, it probably would have killed everybody standing around them. That's what our deen is. Why? Because the aqaid transcend physical things. Spiritual realities are far deeper and far more real than physical things. Physical things come and go. The nature of physical... Allah Ta'ala All physical things, all of them, they were made to perish. You and me, it's nothing personal. I'm not trying to say something, but all of us. This is a, a, a weakness that we have. Our physical bodies were made to perish. Ideas don't go away. Spiritual things don't go away. They stay forever in a pure form. That's unaffected by time, unaffected by space. So these aqaid, these beliefs that we have, these are what unify us. And this is where we're going to draw our strength. And this is where we're going to make meaning for ourselves. Where we're going to make meaning for our lives. And... If a person wishes to look, what's like the first stop if a person wants to formally study Aqidah? There's a book that was written in Egypt uh, around 300 years or so after Rasulullah by one of the great fuqaha and muhaddithin of the Ummah, Imam Abu Ja'far al-Tahawi rahimahullah ta'ala. And he was, he was a, a, a genius uh, and he wrote extensively on many different topics. He wrote one book, most of his books are for specialists. Nowadays it's difficult even in the madaris to find people who are competent to read them anymore. But he wrote one book for the public, it's a very small book, it's actually to be honest with you, it could be a pamphlet, you could print it out on one page front and back. But what was the service that he did in that book was to teach the Muslims, these are those basic things we all agree on, we don't disagree on any of these things, let's make this the basis of our transaction with one another as Muslims. Whether you belong to one madhab or another, whether you have one point of view or another, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whatever country you're from, whatever time you're, you're in, whatever age you are, whatever any of these things are, whether you're a pious person or not. Aqidah is actually the part of Islam that's shared between, between a pious man and a drunkard, between a pious man and a fornicator, between a pious man and a drug addict. The Aqidah is the same. The Aqidah is the same. And this, you'll see this in Muslim civilization. You'll see even if you go to Istanbul, when the Adhan is called, the people who are drunk will run and hide in the shadows. They'll hide in the alleys, out of shame. Why? Because it's the same Allah Ta'ala for that person that it is for, for, for a saint. And this is one of the things I think we forget sometimes that we try to monopolize the Islam for one, one group and not for the other. That this Islam is even for the sinners, it's the same Islam. This belief, this aqidah, this understanding of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala is the same Allah for everybody. So this Aqidah Tahawiyah, I wanted to just take a look at one, one, one small aspect of it that I, that, that I found benefit from and I hope that we all find benefit from. As was announced, the topic of the talk was what? Wilaya. Now we know what Wilaya means, sainthood. We know Fulan is a Wali of Allah. We know this in a very folk sense. What does Wali of Allah mean? That means that this is a person who is Allah is friends with them. That person loves Allah and Allah Ta'ala loves that person. 
and that this person is a person of an immense amount of piety and these are the people, somehow we have an idea that these are the people because of whom we have deen. These are the people who, the dunya, Allah Ta'ala used the dunya to test them and they bested the dunya. They, you know, like uh, uh, Busiri says about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? That the, the mountains tested him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam by offering to be gold for him. And uh, uh, he's the one, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who showed them who the real mountain is. And how could the dunya tempt the one if it wasn't for him, the dunya wouldn't have been created in the first place. Actually, someone came to Alama ibn Taymiyyah and said, isn't this some sort of excess to say that if it wasn't for the Prophet Allah Ta'ala wouldn't have created the dunya? He himself said, no, don't you see in the book of Allah Ta'ala, don't you see in the book of Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Don't you see that Allah Ta'ala said in his book that I did not create the mankind or the jinn except for to worship me. Do you see the perfection of the worship of Allah Ta'ala and anyone other than the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? So, these are the things that we associate with wilaya. And indeed, this is the wilaya of Allah Ta'ala. This is the most beautiful form, the most perfected form of wilaya. But very few people have actually taken a look at what wilaya means, not in the folk sense of telling stories, but in the aqidah of the Muslims. Did you note how he actually mentions wilaya as well? He mentions sainthood in his, in, his, in his small book, abbreviated book, which is not a bayan. It's not a, it's not a rhetorical flourish that's meant to impress people. Rather, it's nothing more than a, a decisive text which maps out the beliefs of the Muslims that we all share, that we all must share, that there's no, there's no choice in whether you accept it or not. There's no difference of opinion in those things. So he says, this is Nusami Ahla Qiblatina. Muslimina, mu'minina, ma damu bima jaa bihi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, mu'minina, ghayra mukadhibin. So we say there's a term in the, in the uh, there's a term in the aqidah, uh, what, what we call ahlul qibla, which literally translates as the people of the qibla, but it doesn't mean facing the qibla, it means those people who meet a bare minimum definition of Islam. So facing the Qibla is like a metaphor for like the person who's like, okay, you know, they're not facing like Tokyo when they pray, or they're not facing uh, Jerusalem when they pray or whatever. Uh, they're facing where? The Qibla of the Muslims, the Ahlul Qibla. But it doesn't mean that they can face the Qibla and say and do whatever they want. Rather, it means what? Whoever meets a bare minimum definition of a, a Muslim, that they say whatever's in the Quran is true, and whatever the Prophet said is true, even though I may not know what all of those things are. And all of us are in that position. So we say what? The Ahlul Qibla is not only a bare minimum definition of Muslims in, a Muslim in terms of belief, but it also is the bare minimum definition of Muslims in terms of practice. So it includes sinners as well. It includes people who openly sin, people who cannot let go of sin. Allah Ta'ala give all of us the tawfiq of letting go of sin before we leave this life. But you're still part of the Ahlul Qibla. This is the broadest circle of what we would consider a Muslim. And then what does the Tahawi rahimahullah ta'ala say in, uh, 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 in another place? He says that, so it's not permissible by the way, so the point that we extract from this is it's not permissible to call somebody a munafiq just because of their sins. Because people have weaknesses, but their weakness doesn't mean that they don't believe in Allah ta'ala, it just means that they're not good at controlling their own nafs. So Tahawi rahimahullah ta'ala says in another place, he says what? He says that, he says that, that Whoever dies from amongst the Muslims, 
we consider them to be believers. We consider them to be believers. We consider that they are people of what? That the definition of awliya is what? Is a person who believes in Allah Ta'ala and whoever dies from amongst the Muslims, we consider them to be believers. Now this is radically different than what people think. It's radically different than what people think. Because if you say, Fulan is a drunkard, yes, we say he's a Muslim, but how can you say he's a wali of Allah? It's true that that person is a wali of Allah. There's a wilayat al-Sughra, there's a wilayat al-Kubra. That person is at the bottom, the, the ground floor of Allah Ta'ala's sainthood. And there's levels above it. But everyone who says La ilaha illallah and believes in it and doesn't disbelieve in some part of it, that person is what? That person, according to the aqidah of the Muslims, is what? A wali of Allah. Now, what's the justification for this? There's justification for this. Don't you know the Sahih Hadith? These are, by the way, you don't need to be an alim to look these things up. You can go find these in the Riyadh al-Salihin, in fact. It's probably dozens of copies sitting in the, in the masjid, and the book is probably taught once, twice, three times a week in the masjid, and nobody even bothers to listen. Rasulullah said that on the day of judgment, a man will have, he'll be being judged, and he will have sins written on 99 scrolls, when unfurled, go as far as the eye can see. Some of our brothers and sisters have somewhat of a literalist bent. Right? So for them I say that your eye can literally see other galaxies light years away. That's a lot of sins. That's what? It's a lot of sins. That person will have in one scale pan these 99 scrolls worth of sins. And then in the scale pan of good deeds, the angels will come and they'll bring... A, 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 literally the word uses bitaqa. For those of you who have lived in the Arab world before, it's the same word that's used for like a business card or a driver's license in the modern language. That there will be a little bitaqa on which is written, La ilaha illallah. And it will be dropped in the other scale pan and it will outweigh all of those, all, all of those sins. It will outweigh all of them. Now, what does that mean? There's a hadith, again you'll find it in the Riyadh al-Salihin. You don't have to look in the, in the big books that you have to sit in the masnad at the madrasa and like study seven years in order to get to. That Allah Ta'ala Himself says, O son of Adam, even if the mischief that you make will, will, will fill the horizons. There are some people, they make mischief that fills the horizons. Allah Ta'ala protect us from their mischief. Even if the mischief that you make fills all of the horizons, you turn in repentance to me. Right? And what is a superlative repentance? Is to say, La ilaha illallah. And I will forgive all of those sins, wala ubali. Not only will I forgive them, it doesn't bother me one bit. It doesn't bother me one bit. What does this mean? Even further, there's a hadith in Tirmidhi in which Sayyidina Jibreel salam, says to the Messenger of Allah. What does he say? He says, Ya Muhammad, if you had seen me, if you had seen me on the, on the day that the sea parted in front of Sayyidina Musa salam, I came to Fir'aun in the form of Haman, in the form of his chief general. And I said to him, how can you let these people get away? Let's go in after them. Uh, Fir'aun is not, I mean, Fir'aun is maybe on a grand scale, he's not an intelligent person, but like cleverness between you and I, he knows this is Allah Ta'ala made this happen. He's not an idiot that he's going to go right into the sea. So I'm not going in there. Do you see what's happening? I'm not going in there. 
And so uh, uh, Sayyidina Jibreel, he, he says, I, I, I took my uh, uh, stick and hit his horse. And the horse rode into the water. And the Egyptian army then followed him. And when the last of his army went into the sea, and the first, uh, or sorry, the, sorry, when the last of his army went into the sea, and the last of Banu Israel comes out, then the order, the hukum of Allah Ta'ala came down, and the two sides of the sea crashed in on them. Jibreel alayhi salam told the Prophet sallallahu he said, I was filling his mouth with water, I was filling his mouth with water out of fear, out of fear that even though we knew it's his fate that he's going to die in kufr, Allah Ta'ala will send him to Jahannam forever, out of fear that what? That he will say this, la ilaha illallah, and Allah Ta'ala, the, the mercy of Allah Ta'ala will overwhelm all of those things in that moment. Do you understand what that means? Do you understand what that means? That means that when a person says La ilaha illallah, to you and me it may not mean much. But to Allah it means a lot. Allah Ta'ala will give a person beauty and he may still hate them. Allah Ta'ala will give a person money and he still may hate them. That person may own their own house or own a great deal of property and he still may hate them. Allah Ta'ala may give a person a BMW or an Audi or a Mercedes or any of these cars and he still may hate them. But this La ilaha illallah, if Allah Ta'ala gives it to a person, that means what? That means Allah Ta'ala loves them. If you don't love them, if I don't love them, that's our problem. And it's a big problem we're going to have to contend with on the Day of Judgment. Allah Ta'ala says in a hadith Qudsi, narrated by, no less by Bukhari, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, the opening line of which is man adali waliyan faqad adhantuhu bil harba wa kama qala alayhi salatu wasalam ani rabbi tabarak wa ta'ala whoever makes an enemy of a wali of mine i declare war on that person what are you going to do the day the angels bring you a sword and say you declared you made an enemy out of one of allah ta'ala's awliya here's go fight now go fight, fight with your rabb what are you going to do what am i going to do on that day but the fact of the matter is when we look at each other we say oh this person Oh, that person, a person because of their, their uh, poverty, because of their material poverty, you're going to treat them badly, even though Allah Ta'ala loves that person, because you disagree with them about some fiqh issue or some, some interpretation of deen. Even if they're wrong, even if they're wrong, you're going to treat them like garbage, knowing Allah Ta'ala would not give that person la ilaha illallah, except for it's because he loves them. What kind of Islam is that? This, brothers and sisters, is one of the foundational understandings of deen. This is one of the foundational understandings of deen. Don't you know Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhu, one of the, one of the, the canonical transmitters of the sunnah of the Prophet and one of the great scholars of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Once he was making tawaf around the Kaaba, and he's Madani, they see the Kaaba very, very rarely, like we do. Maybe some of us go frequently. Most of us don't get an opportunity to go every day. And he sees the Kaaba and he says how great you are and how noble you are and how, how, how much honor you have in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala. And I swear an oath that the, the, the blood of, of, of the least of the Muslims is more honored in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala than you. What is he saying that just to sound cool so he can like get like the retweets and reposts on Facebook and Twitter and all of these things? Those were people who, those, those were people who feared Allah Ta'ala. Those were the people that when the ayat were read they used to tremble with fear. Those are the people who, who, who took the Qur'an directly from the Messenger of Allah What does that mean? 
that idea is completely lost on the ummah now. And we suffer for it. And the suffering, you know, a person's like, yeah, you know, the ummah is disunited, we're not powerful, we're not this. Forget about this dunya. Even if we were united and we're all powerful and we're all rich, forget about this dunya. It will end. It was made to end one day. You know where we're going to suffer for that? We're, the day we're going to suffer for that is the day of judgment. It's a day that starts, it never ends. We should fear Allah Ta'ala with regards to one another. And the good news is what? Right? مَنْ أَحَبَّ لِلَّهِ وَأَبْغَضَ لِلَّهِ وَأَعْطَى لِلَّهِ وَمَنَعَ لِلَّهِ فَقَدْ اسْتَكْمَلَ الْإِيمَانِ It's a hadith of the Prophet Again, a sahih hadith, you can find it in the, in the, in the, in the common collections of hadith like the Riyadh al-Salihim. That the one who loves for the sake of Allah and the one who hates for the sake of Allah and the one who gives for the sake of Allah and the one who withholds for the sake of Allah, that person has perfected their iman. The good news is what? Because I said, okay, we can't treat each other badly. The good news is what? Just like treating another person of la ilaha illallah badly is a grave sin and it could result in very serious problems on the day of judgment. Treating a person of iman good, because there's a positive side of the coin as well, is one of the greatest acts of piety that a person can do. The one who cannot reach the Kaaba and his two hands and four arms and sadr and his cheek cannot lay against the multazm to ask Allah Ta'ala, go lay your hands and lay your cheek against the cheek of your brother. Lay your, your chest against the chest of your brother. Say a good word to him. Sisters, say a good word to your sisters. You know, give somebody something. Somebody is asking for something, give to them. Right? This is something in, in, in Protestant Europe you know, they used to stalk and pillory people for begging. And it's haram to beg if you don't need to. It's a sin. And one of the punishments of it is that Allah will open the door of poverty on you for doing so. But we don't judge other people. Maybe some people are begging, they have no choice. That's permissible. Survival is permissible. Not only is it permissible, it's far, it's wajib on everybody to survive. As much as you can. You see that person ask. This is the sunnah of, this is the, sunnah of the Calvinists. That you stalk and pillory and beat those people and say ill to them. As for this deen, Allah Ta'ala, from the first revelations He gave to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرُ As for the one who's asking, don't be rude to them. Don't cut them down. Don't hack them down. Don't give them an ugly face or an ugly word. If you can't give or you don't want to give, that's your, that's your choice. But remember, remember, this, is, this person is a wali of Allah, even if nothing about them makes you think that they're, they're a, a person of any worth, but Allah gave them la ilaha illallah, that means with Allah Ta'ala whose knowledge outstrips your knowledge and my knowledge, that person is a person of worth. Give that person, you know like five rands, and, and at that time, don't look at the person. Remember the Rabb Tabarak wa Ta'ala say, Ya Allah, I give, I, give this, this, uh, I give this person love for your love. Just like that person, imagine the person, if you were, if you were, to, if you were to attack that person, Allah would declare war on you. Imagine if you gave to that person and Allah declared love on you. This is better than Eid Mubarak, this is better than Jumu'ah, Laylatul Qadr, all of it put together. A person does this one time in their life and they forget about it, Yom Qiyamah, it will be the best day of their life. They'll say, I didn't think it was a big deal, this was a big deal. And imagine the person, what their maqam is with Allah Ta'ala if they did this every day, day in and day out. What, 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 what end would that person have with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? This is the practice of our aslaf. This is the practice of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum tabi'in taba tabi'in. This is the practice of our forefathers. And this is how those people who reached that last level of wilaya, this is how they reached it. 
by understanding and appreciating what the first level of wilaya is. Because if you don't show worth to other people who have it, how can you have any worth in it yourselves? Or how can I have any worth in it myself? Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala replace whatever hatred or uh, uh, anger we have for one another, justified or not. It may be even justified. Allah replace it with love. Allah replaces it with, with such a love that we use that love one day to earn the love of Allah Ta'ala and have a maqam with His awliya forever and ever. Allah Ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.